What are you what are you pounding back there? Is that a muffin? That's a blueberry muffin. Cranberry muffin. Fruit explosion muffin. Blueberry. Yeah, it was blueberry. I was right the first time. I said, you know what? Drop my daughter off at school and uh, had a little everything uh, bagel and everything bagel uh, and uh, blueberry muffin, large coffee. Boom, that's the, that's the Craig Reve. Well, actually, you used to have the breakfast sandwich with the sausage. Yep. Is that no longer? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it is. Or yeah, it's no longer. Listen. I could crush any one of those. The problem is the sausage, egg, and cheese, I can't eat one of them. There has to be multiple because I'm just a hungry guy. Listen, my brother and I, we were so hungover one morning in our 20s. We went to McDonald's, and I think we probably bought 20 egg McMuffins. Ouch. And I, I don't think we ate them all. But twenty, I think it had to have been twenty egg McMuffins, yeah. And we ate a lot of them. <laughs> and uh, don't forget the hash browns, hash browns for sure. I'm just reading an article. An article came out uh, yesterday. I got to tell you before you go on. Okay. I think our listeners really appreciate the research you do. We had someone the other day. We we didn't put our show out till three o'clock the other day, and. So someone writes, let's go already, boys, get the show out. And then some guy responded with some, like, a, I hate using the word. I, I'm 43 years old next month. I don't want to say the word GIF, but he sent a GIF. I try to use that word as little as possible in my life. But anyway, he sent a GIF of a guy just pounding away on a keyboard. And he's like, Craig's doing his research. <laughs> <laughs> i love it oh you know what you know how you gave me two after the whistle hats that we had samples made yep walked by a guy the other day i have the black one on he's like hey when are you gonna be selling those hats and i took my hat off and i threw it at him i said here you go buddy come on thanks, thanks for listening he's like get out of here i gave him my hat right off my head you're you're a man of the people, bud. His name's Greg. Well done. Thanks for listening, Greg. So what's what are you researching over there? Um, I'm just reading an article about um, um, it was written by uh, Heather Engel. You know, Sabres uh, hope to sign Dalian and Power to long term contracts. Talked about that the other day. You know, Kevin Adams. Uh, you Did know, she throw any figures in there? Like. Uh, no, I don't think, no, I don't think figures are going to, because that would be speculation and only boneheads like you and I are allowed to speculate on all this crap. Well, what are we speculating? To, I bet we're pretty damn close when the deals are done. If there's one player on our team, out of all of the players, Owen Powers' ceiling is far larger than everyone after what they've shown this year, Owen Power hasn't even come close to touching his ceiling. It's nothing. Yes, he had a nice season. I think he did. He have thirty. He had thirty-five points. How many goals did he have? Five, four, I think. Four goals, thirty-five points. He's nowhere near. Like, and I'm not even talking points. I'm talking his ability 
to overtake and dominate a game with his size, his his skating, his puck moving ability. I don't even call him a defender. I call him a rover. He's literally, he's in two bodies. He's in an offensive, he's in a forwards body and a defenseman body. Owen Power for his size at 6'6", it's disgusting that God gave him that body. And he is just so silky smooth. And his poise with the puck for a 20-year-old player, his first year in the NHL, the poise with the puck. Did he make mistakes this year? Damn right he made mistakes. He made a lot of mistakes this year. But, man, is he good. Yes, he okay, made so what, mistakes. So what did the, did the, did the articles say anything that... Um, just it it, it that basically led you to believe that maybe there is a deal in place soon. Or? No, it's it's Kevin Adams basically said, I believe in when you have core pieces that you feel are going to be very important part of your franchise. I like to be proactive, just like he was proactive with Tage Thompson. He signed him off basically a one year deal, gave him a boatload of money. There's a whole shit bang of people that were like, this is stupid because he's only played one year in the league that proactive mindset and Kevin Adams knowing that Tage Thompson's going to be here for a long time every single solitary one of those naysayers are now sitting there thinking Kevin's brilliant it's the way I look at it when you sit there and you look at the naysayers when they when when you go and sign a guy to 30 million dollars on defense who basically has not even played a full year in the league who's got 50 54 games under his 56 games under his belt you give him 30 million dollars you, you're giving him 4.2 million dollars a year and there was a whole bunch of naysayers that were like that's the stupidest contract ever giving that to Matias Samuelson and I was the exact opposite. I'm like this. I'm like, I can't believe Matias Samuelson signed that deal. I honestly, to this day, still believe Matias Samuelson made a, made a great, uh, an error by signing you know that deal. You know, what's amazing about Matias Samuelson is I had an unbelievable discussion with him. Now that the season's over, I had an unbelievable discussion with him. Um, after the Ryan Miller, uh, night when they all came into that bar across the street. How could you forget? How could you forget Alex Tuck? Yep. Alex Tuck uh, (laughs) came and gave me the stink eye. And so, oh, I love it. I I love it. Um, In a fun way. That was a, it was, 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 you know, uh, know, Alex Alex is a class class act, but he obviously listens to the After the Whistle podcast. And when I shredded him, I didn't even shred him. I didn't even shred him at the start of the season. All I said is, I don't believe that Alex Tuck is going to be in the top five in scoring on our team. That's that's all I said. And he he listened to it, he heard it. Uh maybe it freaking well, I don't want you to act like I don't want you to take I am take, taking a little I'm taking take a little a credit little, for it. I'm not sure I am use taking that a little credit. I'm sh- I'm sure he has his other his own motivations to that to have to use <laughs> fucking Craig Reeves. Yeah. Uh but I love that But he, he had a smile on his face and he, he was, called you out on it with a, with a smile on his face. Back so where to were the, we? We were back, back, back to, to the Heather Heather Engel article. Was there anything I, else about the press conference? Proactive. That's that's the word. That's the word that I like to hear 
when we're talking guys like Dylan Cousins. Now, did Dylan Cousins, let's talk about this, Petey. At what point in time would you ever in a million years think that Dylan Cousins is worth $7 million? Well, right now, after what he just I'm did. saying, when we were watching during the season, and we were keeping an eye on the team and watching the players continue to develop and continue to play. And you're looking at, you know, Dylan Cousins first year. You're looking at his second year. You're 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 trying to, you know, you're trying to put things together in your mind of what you believe that guys are worth. And at what point in time did you ever think that Dylan Cousins would be making seven million, forty nine million bucks, fifty million bucks? All right, at what so, point in time would you ever think that? So there was speculation at the start of the year that he was asking for a contract for $6 million per year. Did you hear the same thing? I did. And that's just, it. it's it's crazy speculation, right? I mean, we hear a lot of stupid shit and most of it is is complete bullshit. It's just people talking, people opinions. Okay. And, you know, this this type of stuff just gets around like wildfire. Would you agree? Yeah, but the problem is, is that you hear it from hockey people. I'm not talking like hockey parents or people that listen to the radio. I'm talking about like people that are directly associated okay. with the league that say, oh, I heard he has somewhere around $6 million. Probably bullshit. And mm -hmm. if it's not bullshit, then they weren't signing him to that contract anyway. It was ridiculous. You, I don't even care about hindsight. Yeah, 100%. Right. I wouldn't sign him to four million dollars after his he first two years. He was playing this year out, no matter what. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, you're you're looking you're looking for growth. You're looking for um, these players, especially guys like Dylan Cousins, big kid. Um, need to fill out the frame a little bit, understand the league a little bit more, gain the confidence in his game, and you're hoping that these players make these 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 big strides. Here's what I'll say. When you ask me about, I, I don't know the stages of the season. I, I wish that question had come up before and I might have been able to look and tell you. Yeah. But I know that when he signed the contract, I don't remember ever thinking he hasn't shown us enough this season. I'll, I'll just get to, I'll get to my point. Start the season, Dylan Cousins, he's, he's playing for a contract. At the time, it was completely up in the air what this young man was signed for. Okay. For me, he he's he's looking in the threes. He's looking at a three and a half million uh four um tops for what he had done up to that point. Dylan Cousins played a season, starting the season, and really took off in his third year. Played very, very strong hockey, played with two young guys for for the most part of the season. He started scoring goals, getting more of an opportunity on the first power play, taking advantage of that opportunity. His game seemed to mature. This is a kid that's still 21 years old at the time. He's just a kid. Like, I mean, 21 to me in the NHL is still very, very young. Okay. And Dylan Cousins, as he, as he went through the year, hit a point where he really started to explode in his game. And that's the, that's when you started to ask the question, holy shit, this guy's numbers are 
are comparable to guys like Robert Thomas in St. Louis, who just finished signing what an eight, uh, a sixty-six million dollar deal, a little over eight. Um, the Jordan Cairo in St. Louis signed a little bit over eight. You have Stitzel who signed for eight point three five million dollars. Now all of a sudden, Dylan Cousins started his numbers, his goals started creeping towards these guys and they are there they are his comparables so if dylan cousins were to sign a contract right now after the season he would be making more than eight million dollars well it's exactly what the vegas golden knights did with alex tuck they just happened to trade him in the term of his contract. But, yeah. I mean, you go look at He signed with one year left on his entry-level deal after his first year in Vegas where he had 15 goals and 37 points. They signed him to a contract for four-point. It was a six-year deal, seven-year yeah. deal for 4.75. He just finished the fourth year, which is right in the middle of it. He is outperforming that contract. By about, I mean, three and a half million dollars. Because we don't even want to go to Alex Tuck, man. Because I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, that is one of the better contracts in the National Hockey League right the now. Entire league, the way that he played in the entire league, he makes what four point eight five, four point seven five, four point seven five. Alex Tuck right now is 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 grossly underpaid. But again, he was a young guy. How how given, do you turn that money down? How do you turn the money down? You don't after you don't one year of scoring down. fifteen goals in the league. And this is why this is why when we sit here and we talk about you know Kevin Adams, Kevin Adams, how many times do you see young players like this sign in the middle of a season? Why wouldn't most GMs would be like ah you know let's just wait to the end of the year let's get this done let the kid you know play his year out but Kevin Adams like no way man. We got to try and get this kid signed now because he's trending. His numbers are trending towards a Jordan Cairo, uh, a Robert Thomas, um, even the kid in Ottawa, Norris. Norris is making 7.95. He makes almost $8 million. Cousins' numbers were creeping towards all of these comparables. So what does Kevin Adams do? He gets out of, uh, out in front of it. And I'm going to use the word that Kevin Adams used, be proactive. Understand that Dylan Cousins is evolving into a very, very good player. And instead of waiting, Kevin Adams, and it's kind of, you, you can say that th this, this is true, that it's everything's risky. Everything comes with a risk. You don't know if Dylan Cousins can play like this for the next seven years, but there's a risk factor to being proactive, but I'll tell you right now, man, I said this, Kevin Adams, goddamn genius, genius when it comes to Tage Thompson, genius signing to Miss Tia Samuels. Well, can I, can I, and I'll can tell you this, an insanely great move by being proactive and signing Dylan Cousins and not allowing him to finish the season because what Dylan Cousins has right now, okay, is a 31-goal year. 
68 well, do you think, points. Do you think, can I ask you something? I just want to change the narrative just for a second here as it, as it pertains to Tage. Do you think maybe there's less pressure on Tage this season? And I'm, I'm just, I'm asking the question because he was only on a 1.6 where it's kind of like, it doesn't matter what I do this year because I'm only making 1.6 next year i understand i understand your point but that is not in october now is the start of your 50 million and now is the time where you got to turn it on and be this just be the player that you be in between the player you were between this year and the year before yeah i understand what you're trying to say five plus points 85 plus points 40 goals 45 assists 38 goals 47 assists 35 goals 50 assists 85 plus. Let me tell you something. Do you remember at the start of the year when he signed the contract? And I was super pleased. You were a little bit on the side of, I think we need to see him play a a second season. I never said he couldn't be that player. I was never saying he won't. I just said, let him prove it. And I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad because yes, you're looking at, oh my God. Listen, he'd he'd be making, He's making 10 and a half, 11 minimum. Well, minimum. he's going to get more than Pasternak, but he's going to be breaking. The kid is an absolute mutant man. How many guys in the league are six, seven, 220 pounds that are 25 years old that move like Tage Thompson. How many goals did we watch this year? It's that incredible. We were like, how he oh moves, my man. God. It is absolutely. It's incredible you know, the comparisons that people are throwing around and we've talked about it too, about, you know, to a Mario Lemieux, how he brings the puck from so far on one yeah. side of his body yeah. to the other, so close to his Diddy, feet. How many years did we watch? And, how many what? years did we watch a player? How many years did we watch a player skate to the bench after a tough shift? Body language was fucking disgusting. I'm watching at home, sitting on my couch, and okay, I can, okay, and I was irritated. But listen, listen, Tapes Thompson has put the Buffalo Sabers logo back on the map, and it has not been on the map, Petey, in ten plus years. Can you re- agree with that? The Sabres logo has been mud. It's been not in a good, not in a good light for a very long time. Jeff Skinner, Alex Tuck, Dylan Cousins, Tage Frickin Thompson has put the logo back in the good graces. And now it's to build off that. Okay. If someone's going to have pressure next year, and you and you asked, does did Tage Thompson feel pressure because he only made one point four million dollars a year this year? Because the the contract doesn't kick in till next year, and the and the answer is no. Tage Thompson had pressure after the year that he had. He scored thirty eight goals and sixty eight points. And when you have success, people think that you should be staying at that level forever now. So that that's where the pressure comes from. It's not necessarily just the contract. Tage Thompson next year, if we're going to go off of what he makes, I'm going to tell you right now, if Tage Thompson scored 25 goals 
okay, and had 58 points, he would justify his $7 million. What? Yes. That is the, yeah, you know, if you know what, had a, stop for a sec. So I want to give you, I just want to give you a second to replay those numbers in your head and tell me again that you truly believe what you just said. Now is a chance to take it all back. This is your moment at the altar. Does anybody object to them getting married? Are you sure you want to say I do Listen to back. what you just said? There are going to be years. 58 there, points there are, would justify. No, no, how, no. How long has he been hurt I, for I, that I said, I said 38 assists, 25, 25 goals, goals is 63 points. I'm just saying hypothetically. There you are said go- 58 points. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm putting it at 38, 38 assists <laughs> and, and 25 goals, 63 points. Okay. Um, that is not, that is not acceptable. I'm well, sorry if that's adding yes, it is acceptable. too much And pressure. I'm going to tell you why. Because if Dylan Cousins scores 35 goals and has 78 points, and Alex Tuck has 32 goals and let's just say 72 points, and Jeff Skinner has another great year, scores 39 goals and has you know 80 points, and Rasmus Dahlin has a breakout year and scores 20 goals and 78 points. We had all points. that this year and, and we missed the playoffs and, by one point. Listen to me. And they make the playoffs. No one's looking at Tage Thompson going, you, you had a shit year because 25 goals and 63 points in this year, in this game is not a bad, is not a bad year. All I'm saying is in the course of this seven year deal, the expectation for Tage Thompson is not to score 47 goals and 94 points every year. That's, that's not going to happen. No, it's just to make sure that is no one's feelings are hurt around the team at any court. That's the mission. Sorry, I, I'm just joking around. I just listen based off yesterday. You know, like I, I look, at, I look at Alex Ovechkin and what he's done in the last ten years. You know, the guy, the guy is anywhere from, you know, eighty nine points. Was his best year in the last 10 years in 2018 19? He had 51 goals and 89 points. What did he, he also the, what did he do in the playoffs the one year though? He also had a year PD that had 33 goals and 69 points in 82 games. So is the in that year, is that considered a, a, a failure? What did he do the year he signed the contract? Like what year was that in the deal? Oh my God. The guy's been in the league for a gazillion years. I don't know. What year was it? It would have been the 2000, what did I say? 2018, 19. So he was on, uh, year number 11 okay. of his. And you're saying that that's okay for Tage in year one. Next no, year. I'm not saying in year one. I'm just saying there, there, yeah. there needs Guess to be, what, Craig, need, if he gets, you need if, to give him a Tage break, Thompson man. puts up 85 plus points for the next four years and wins a Stanley cup in year six, take the year off. He, and now granted, no, 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 no. Okay. No, no I'm just, all saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying is the pressure, that, but Ovi had a, come on. 
the pressure that Tage Thompson's going to have Tage is the pressure that he's going to put on himself to be a super elite player in this game. What did he end? 13th in the league in scoring. He got injured down the stretch. He's probably super pissed off he didn't get 50 goals. He's probably super pissed off he didn't get 100 points. There's something. He's probably there. pissed off that he missed the goddamn playoffs by one point. He's yeah. pissed off. Just so you know, Panthers... Should be up to nothing in that series. And I picked the fucking Panthers and they oh absolutely God. spanky pooed the Bruins last night. And Thomas and I were right. Bergeron's hurt. Could be. Carry on. It's it's the reason why, you know, he's not playing. It's 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 obvious that he he is hurt right now. Um and they miss him. Um, they still have a, they still have tons and I mean, tons of firepower okay. and I don't know if you watched the game. Did watched you watch the, the entire game? game. The in- okay. I, I started okay. watching it at, uh, it was, well, it was zero, zero when I started watching it. So, okay. but when, when did you start watching the game? Well, it might've been the second period by the time okay. I got to the game. Why? Okay. So you didn't watch the first period. I didn't see the first period. So no. my, so my, my nephew, you're going to f- beat me up over the fact I missed the first period of a playoff yeah, because game. You, you would understand you would understand what i'm the the um the puzzling situation florida panthers dominated dominated them in the first period first period was disgusting and then all of a sudden there's one turnover boom shakalaka sam bennett pucks in the net sam bennett coming back from injury too um, but it, 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 uh, it was a back and forth affair in the second period. Right. And, uh, then you just have the, uh, Brandon, uh, Montour, um, you know, show take, uh, take over kid kids just lights out right now and, uh, got behind the eight ball. And that's what happens. You know, y- you will allow teams to stay in it. If you allow teams to stay in it. They're they're going to be competitive. And, I have the there's, a player, there's a player in that game last night. I just I want to rip his rip his face off. I hate uh, players like this. I hated guys like this. Paul and White. Uh, nope, no sick. You know he said Lomberg's yelling at him, and he's just do he's doing the thing with the hand, like keep talking, just looking absolutely terrified. You know the whole thing. He didn't look terrified. I, that's that's complete I, bullshit. I watched the whole thing. Watch the whole. He thing. looked like a sorry, terrified. He looked like a chicken shit. How's that? That's what I meant to say. Terrified. How no, you supposed to look? Shit, yes. How you supposed to look? Look at look at Lomberg and be like, shut the fuck up. Cut your fucking hair. You look like a fucking idiot. You can't fucking skate. What are you doing on the ice? You're not gonna be on the ice. The shit that you would say. Yeah, but not all of these. Not all of these players. I don't think that uh, no sick. I don't think that that's his style of 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 game would you would you agree like he's not out there chirping guys and 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 but he's certainly not afraid he's been a good player in this league for for uh for a few years and uh you know he's a role player on boston was on okay. vegas he was the fourth line center on vegas for a number I like of his, years listen, like, i like his game but after last night i was i just i, I looked at it and i was just kind of like mm, that's a guy that you just would love You'd love to end up with him in in the brawl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they. <laughs> like, that's the he, guy. He went and can't remember who it was. Elbowed Eric Stahl. There you go. 
That's yeah, what laid he did. laid laid a hit on uh on Stahl and uh um they reacted off it. You know, it's playoff hockey. The game's over. You got Kachuk who's sitting there chirping from the bench, you know, doing his thing. Then you got Lomberg, the, the you know, the big tough guy in the league at uh five nine, you know, acting like he's Ty Domi. Um how about the fight with the gloves on? <laughs> fight with the gloves on how about the fight with the gloves and that and that that, that's surprising to me because uh trent frederick for boston is a tough customer he he is not and i repeat not going to shy away from anybody maybe part of that is the fact that they neither one of them want to get the instigator in the last five minutes of the game because i think you get their coach gets a $10,000 $10,000 fine or something and maybe even suspended. I'm not sure. I, I can't remember, but there there might have been something there. Maybe they just don't want to break their hands in the playoffs. I don't know. I just I just couldn't believe it. What do you mean break your hand in the playoffs? Like, what? What? Not, what? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to just I don't make know what excuses to say for either. The, I'm trying to make excuses for the fact these fucking Fight. losers kept their gloves on. How about that? Get Good for Florida. On. Yeah, great for Florida. They're going to win the series. And I'm still, I'm sticking with it. I think they are going to win this series, and I can't wait. Uh, Islanders lost to the Hurricanes. They gave them a shot anyway, took them to overtime, but I think that series is over. Stars beat the Wild 7 Well, not necessarily, Petey. You have. Hopefully, fly by that one. Go ahead. Listen, I mean, you you have the Islanders who tied the who who was winning the game. Actually, they were winning the game three two. Then you have what is it, uh, Slavin, who ends up missling a shot from the goal line, hitting the hitting the goaltender in the in the side of the head, and it goes in to tie the game three three. And then you have the the uh, Canes win in overtime. Here's the problem: they lose already. I would I would say their number two offensive point producer in in uh, uh Who? Try again. Try again. Come on. I you know what was the best about that one is the pause before and you're like, and uh, oh don't fuck God. it up. Don't fuck it up. And then you go snevy snevy snapskoff. They lose him. And now you lose Teravainen. When you lose two of your top six point producers, okay, Teravainen's going to be out for at least six weeks. I think right now the Islanders going back home, taking a deep breath, veteran, veteran hockey team with no panic they're going to start with one game one game to start and if they win that game then i'm going to tell you right now you gotta you gotta start to feel a little bit nervous okay that's all i'm gonna say i I like hearing that because i picked the islanders and i i don't think they got they didn't get outplayed in game one and they got two teams that are very similar just one team has more offense. That's it. One team. It, that's what it's Goal about. Goaltending's even. Everything's pretty even against those teams. Yes. That's your yes. Leadership, depth, style of play. Exactly grit, it. All of it. They're very. Now you're going to take that back to the island, and the Islanders at home are a tough, tough team to play against, and uh, with 
Taravainen being out and Snemestikov, massive, massive, massive uh, holes for the Canes. Uh, Stars beat the Wild 7-3. Series is tied 1-1. That's what I thought that... That's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, Dallas Stars, man, I have them going to the finals. Have them going to the finals. They, yeah, uh, they're getting they are, they're getting it from everybody. You like them? You yeah. like them? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're just yeah. man, they're they're deep. They're deep. They they play big hockey. They have really really strong defense core and awesome goaltending. I mean, this Dallas. You need to watch out for Dallas. And then the Kings got their shit, to, or the Kings, the Oilers got their shit together and finished the job against the Kings. They were up 2 nothing early last night. Again, I turned that one off. I did the same thing in their first game. I watched, I watched a period in the first game. I watched a period with them, and they were absolutely scud missling yeah. LA. It was, it was, I'm like, this game's going to be seven or eight, nothing. And then all of a sudden, I wake up the next morning because I was watching the other teams play and uh, the uh, LA ended up uh, beating them in overtime. And then the same thing happened, you know, the other night they're up to nothing. I'm like, Oh, this, they're going to lock this one down. And then phew. LA's tough, man. I told, I told you this though. This is not, this is not a, I wouldn't even call them a dark horse team. This is a team that can beat anybody in the league. Anybody, anybody. That's how good they are. But it'll be interesting to watch game three in LA and game four. Those now you're in a different environment. Now you're in the Kings environment. See if things can flip on that, uh, on that series. So all eyes on the leaf series tonight and Michael Bunting oh, yeah. suspended. What'd you think of that? First of all, gutless hit. Super Gut- gutless hit. Gutless hit. Yeah. The kid, uh, you know, I mean, uh, terrible emotional, He's an emotional kid, plays, plays with jam, plays with fire, plays on the edge. Um, he is now, um, he's now watched by the referees, which you certainly don't want. Okay. You certainly don't want that. Now all the refs, when you ref a Toronto Maple Leaf game, they are keeping an eye on a repeat, repeat offender in button for, flopping and creating and stirring up shit after whistles, all this kind of stuff. And he's, uh, they've got a watchful eye on him now. And now, you know, he makes this hit. It's a dangerous hit. You have Searneck is not going to play in the next game because I would imagine he's concussed. And when you get a three game suspension in the playoffs, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's well, that's that's like throwing down the gauntlet. That's like a 10 game suspension in the regular season. Have you seen the shit going on with West McCauley and uh the Leafs series and everything? Have you seen this? So oh, yeah, absolutely. Listen, if- I mean the the Leaf fans gotta cry and whine about something, right? No, listen. Considering the insane personal conflict of interest, why is Wes McCauley allowed to referee games coached by Sheldon Keefe? For those who don't know, when Sheldon Keefe was 16, he played for the Quinty Hawks, coached by a man named David Frost. When Keefe, that's the guy that uh, Mike Jefferson had the murder for hire, and uh, he hired someone to kill his agent. 
if you haven't heard that story, it's completely fucked up. But um, when Keith played out a short NHL career, Frost was his agent. Later, Frost was accused and acquitted of four counts of sexual assault in 2008. For most people who know about it, Keith has distanced himself from Frost and also has accepted responsibility for his own actions in junior and how they affected his teammates. They aren't on speaking terms. Keith's friend and teammate from junior, Mike Danton, was even convicted of attempted murder on Frost. David Frost is Wes McCauley's brother-in-law, and they are reportedly close. Keith testified against David Frost in 2008. David Frost worked in using the name McCauley when he was trying to work after being ousted from the sport prior to his court date. <laughs> so you honestly think that Wes McCauley is making bogus I calls on I Toronto? I don't know. I would never, never. But did you watch the game? I mean, you got uh, Messier and Chelios absolutely shredding the officiating in that game. Well, you can do that in almost every game. Okay. What about All I'm the saying Kings? is whether, what about whether, the Kings? Craig, whether he calls a perfect game or not, that's assign another ref. Assign another West ref. McCauley, where do where do you rank West McCauley in, in, in the in the game for refing? For me personally, I don't know the refs. To me, they don't have the same identity. He's the only one who tries to be a star. He's the only one who tries to make the game more about him than it is about the game. In my opinion. Yeah. So I, I, the I, wrong guy to ask about West McCauley. I'm not a West McCauley fan. Don't know him personally. I just, I don't just ref the fucking game enough with the sideshow. So yeah. you, so what you're, what you're saying is, you know, West McCauley is known for these, these calls that have you know uh they've got some attitude and some some fun fun to it you don't like the idea of a referee having limelight so you got to hear so if you just type in west mccauley in the search on twitter you got to hear this shit man <laughs> west mccauley is going to taste my fist before the night is through this is from like the night of the leaf game um, Leafs are 0 and 8 in playoff games. West McCauley refs just saying, uh, can someone let West McCauley know he's not the main character? West McCauley, you are the new Carrie Fraser. Worst thing is Leafs were 5 0 and 1 this season with West McCauley as a ref. Okay. There's, there's some information. Does anyone have Wes McCauley's address asking for a friend? <laughs> okay, you don't seem enthused at all about this discussion. I just think that... Uh, that <laughs> Again, that Wes McCauley, I hope you get ran over. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're talking... This, this, is, this is Leafs Nation, okay? This is arguably the biggest fan base in the NHL. Some guy said earlier with a, with a weird statistic, Tampa Bay has never lost to Toronto Maple Leafs when Wes McCauley refs. 
Anyway, go ahead. I'm done. I'm going to go out and buy a violin and bring it to all these people so they can just, (laughs) I I feel so bad for them. I really do. All these Toronto fans, you know, not getting the calls when Wes is, is roughing. Give me a friggin' break, man. Your team, your team can't get it done. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in this next game. There is there there was pressure coming in. I'm going to tell you there was pressure coming in from Mitch Mitch Marner had pressure and Austin Matthews has stream amount of pressure and all the big boys. Okay, to start this series, it's a new year, it's a new team. They've went out and they got the guys that they needed to get over the hump and then got absolutely embarrassed in their building. Embarrassed. The fans are beside themselves. People right now are are literally looking to never watch Leaf hockey again. But everybody's going to be watching this game. Everybody's going to be watching game two to see how those players react to getting absolutely embarrassed and spanked in their own building. So what happens next? What happens tonight? What happens if Tampa Bay, what happens if Tampa Bay comes and rolls them again? Oof. Oof. Get rid of the Dubas camp. Talk about a guy that loves to be on TV. Jesus. They want to see his reaction. They want to see, they're looking for him to snap up in the box. That's what they're doing. Everything is being scrolled. He's got pressure. You don't think that 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 man has pressure? Like, my Lord. Like, Austin Matthews and Mitchie Marner and all the boys get to go home and sleep on their, you know, gazillion-dollar beds at night after a loss. And... And, and this guy is the one that's taken the fire. He's taken the fire. Like how, like how is, how is this city not absolutely shredding Austin Matthews right now? When I think of Austin Matthews right now, currently, I, I don't, I don't think in my mind, a playoff performer. I don't Mitch Marner. I'll give it to Mitch Marner. I, I, I do. I watch him block shots. I watch him do things. And I I just think they need more. I just, in my mindset, I I go back to in the regular season when shit hits the fan during a game. And Tampa Bay scored four goals on the power play. What's that? Tampa Bay scored four goals on the power play. It's going to be a completely different game. Completely different game. It's not, it's just Tampa Bay got a quick goal. Fuck, like, come on. It's going to be a completely, you're not going to have a bunting five minute major. You're not going to have that distraction. What was the, what was the score before that? I don't remember. I think I want to say, I thought they scored twice on that power play, but I'm not sure. I can't remember, but they scored four four fucking power play goals. I know, but it was three nothing before the first period ended. You know what? I I understand that, but you know what I said? I was watching the game with my brother. I said, "Jeff's like, I want to change the game," and I'm thinking, "This is the Leafs. They can score three goals in five minutes against anybody." I'm not shutting this game off. Then what? O'Reilly scored, right? Then what? Wasn't it three two? 
Petey. The Leafs got it to 3-2. Like, it was... Okay. And they went power play goal, power play goal, power play goal for Tampa Bay. Okay. Right? Then the you win. had the Ross, the Colton, Ross Colton goal. And then Yarncrook made it. But, I mean, you take yeah. away... That's a that's a there's a game there, man. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. If yeah. they're if they're if the Leafs are assessing their game, they're saying stay out of the fucking penalty box. We know they have a massive power play. We gave the game away after we started to take it back at three two. Did you see the Leaf fans? Did you see the party in the plaza? Did you see yeah. the fans in that rank? Did you see the players? They were like, we can score two more goals easy. Listen, I watched the game at no point in time throughout the whole game did I feel that Toronto was going to win that game. From the start to the finish, they showed nothing. This series, like I spoke about the Canes and the Islanders, when you lose for the Canes, who are the one of the best defensive teams in the league, and you lose two of your best offensive players, two of your top six guys, that's going to hurt. Tampa Bay Lightning, they've got all the offense. They've got all the veteran leadership, okay? But when you're going to lose your top two defending defensemen in Siernak and Hedman that play together, Siernak is out with a concussion and Hedman who left the game halfway through the game, even if he plays tonight, which they're saying that he's going to play tonight. He is not healthy, man. Yeah, He's not healthy. And that is not good because Ian, he's Cole, a target now radish, this, um, Pierbeck, who, who's, who's the rookie. Who's had a real nice season, but he's a rookie. And Sergachev, those are your top four guys. Now you got to replace two more guys. Holy jumping. Um, do you agree with the uh, three-game suspension for bunting? No, absolutely. It's a no-brainer. If they would have given him two games, I would have been okay with that. If they would have given him one, I, there'd be an uproar. If they would have given him four games, I would have said, "Oh, that's that's steep. That's a lot. That's 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 uh, that's a lot." I think one, two or three games is where it was going to be, and it's he would have got two games if he wasn't Michael Bunting. Michael Bunting earned another game because he's been a shit on the ice this year and a pain in the ref's ass. Well, I, I mean, I, I would have been fine with four. Listen, if you, I'm not going to give you the cliche, I'd love to have him on the team. I just, I would, I'd love to punch him in the fucking head with my glove on. That's all I would want to do in a game. I wouldn't want to fight him because it, I, I just wouldn't. I just would love to just catch him in a scrum and just blindside him with a fucking shot right to the chin. I'd knock him out, but It'd be worth it. Is that a little harsh? Ah, fuck it. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Revee 52 at The Instigator 76. 
And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.